0: Like, nobody would ever have my band play the Four Seasons in Boston. Meanwhile, I'm, like, going in there, and, like, they have my Evian water ready, and they're like, is everything okay? Do you want us to valet your car? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love this. And what 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 are you here for? I'm the DJ. Oh, you're the DJ? And everyone always hooks you up. You could be talking to the doorman. Hey, how come you're here? Bro, I'm just DJing. And they take mm-hmm. your car. It doesn't even matter.
1: That's their job. They're valet drivers, Ben. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but when you say you're the DJ, it's like, you don't even have to pay (laughs) them.
1: They're like, sir, we have to take everyone's car. Don't worry about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're just doing our job.
3: (laughs) All right, hold on. She's got her spritzer in true form. Okay, so here we go. With spritzer in hand... Everybody, welcome to another episode of 2020. I'm Siobhan Cronin with Corey and Ben, as always. And we are back with my darling, my partner, my string goddess, cellist, the amazing Zuzana Z, darling, all of the various names I call her. She's in (laughs) Los
0: Symphony. She's, she's in, in Lost Symphony La, now. She's in Lost yes. Symphony.
3: She is in Star Set. She is so much more than all of these things. She is wonderful. She was my one of my dearest friends. So I am super happy that you came back to join us. And for all the the binge listeners that love all the Star Set episodes, here is more Z content for you. <laughs> yeah,
2: hello, everybody. That was a very grand entrance.
3: <laughs> I'm okay, trying to sorry. emulate Ben because Ben is like the king of the grand the grand intros. So I'm trying to learn. A l- I'm taking I'm taking a page from his book today. And I'm oh, trying to okay. be extra descriptive with introducing yeah. everyone. <laughs>
1: the problem is that yeah. we have run out of things to talk about because it's all covered in the intro. <laughs> but one thing we did leave out is uh, the Raiders' like house band.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so, okay, Corey coming in to save us all.
1: As, as football season is winding, you know, down here, like let's let's talk about that. That's mm-hmm. a pretty cool gig.
2: It's pretty amazing, and it's it's pretty intense too. I mean, it literally holds sixty five thousand people. And it's literally packed every game.
0: So how yeah. do you play "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" on the cello?
3: I think that's a baseball thing, yeah. right?
0: Baseball, football—that's all the same. Well, isn't football just just like like European for soccer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it is that what we're talking?
1: Isn't that what we're talking about? Like, there's like the Raiders are the biggest soccer team in the United States, I think. <laughs> oh. I saw a video uh, recently, and I think you guys were doing like the the Trans Siberian style of Carol the Bells, and it was awesome.
2: Yeah, it was actually uh, David Perico's arrangement of uh,
1: it was yeah. that, but it was like that heavy like version yeah. that like we're, we're used to hearing.
2: Yeah, that was pretty fun to play.
1: Nice. So, how did that like come about? Because that's an interesting gig.
2: So last year, um, just right before I went on a tour with Star Set, um, David got a call and. Um, we actually um, went for audition. There were like a couple other bands who were auditioning. Um, so we auditioned and um, I didn't know what the results are until I was midway through the tour. And then I found out that he actually got the gig. So so that was pretty amazing. Um, so last year was our first season. And um, it's pretty intense. I mean, it's we don't really play more than like 25, 30 minutes total. But uh, we play a little bit before the game, probably about three, four songs, you know, when people are coming to the stadium and sitting down. And then uh, during the game, you know, every time there is a touchdown, we play like a Raiders Nation touchdown song. And those are all like a 20 seconds, 30 seconds songs. But it's a pretty long day and you have to be literally on the call like there is like no time no time to like
3: screw around you know
1: yeah you don't want to be in the bathroom and then hear touchdowns yes.
0: the same thing. <laughs>
3: yeah so wait who who like okay so if there's a touchdown who is the person that is like getting you right well, David, is it like
2: David has um a person who is basically running the the show uh talking okay in 10 seconds you're going to you know when there's touchdown we we already know that we have that we have that touchdown segment we have to have it ready you know we all mm-hmm. have charts and uh we have to have that ready at all times you know because you just never know when there's going to be a touchdown you know I don't understand
0: why can't they just like film you playing it once and then just press play and it looks like you're playing it for the first <laughs> time every time
2: because we are a live band <laughs> <laughs> but
0: they don't have to know it It could be like the moon landing where they just make it seem like it's a real thing but it's just clearly like a
1: studio lounge
2: right but now that's not how it works
3: (laughs) (laughs) you're trying to
1: take jobs away from musicians ben let's turn everyone to a dj
3: yeah. yeah, but I mean that's, that that yeah. takes away the magic of the live music. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I know we we've been having like uh, discussions offline about you know how tough it is to be a, a musician, uh, especially like one one that's that's hopping around to multiple gigs. I know Siobhan, you had some some experiences recently, just uh, dealing with the business side and and booking uh. and all that stuff. And Z, you have your own entertainment uh, company as well, uh, mm-hmm. doing doing events like that we i know we touched on it in the last uh last time last time we spoke but can you just kind of give a summary of what you do uh when you're not being a rock star on tour
2: so i also um have my own company and it's it's called las vegas music oasis and it's basically um uh, most most of our gigs are wedding ceremonies and cocktail hours. And re- recently, we played a reception where the requests were uh, Bollywood music, which Darling actually wrote some of my arrangements for this for this gig, and it went really really well. It was it was. Wait, something- I thought you were
0: just a cat burglar. I see all these videos of you with like <laughs> these really pretty girls with like violins and stuff, but like you just look, like, you're going to like Caesar's Palace or something. I just figured you were stealing something.
1: It's all a heist.
2: <laughs> um, no? No.
0: That'd um, be a really good con. Those girls could totally like be like Velociraptors. One of them's looking at you. You're really cool. Come up right behind you, take your wallet. Boom, out of there.
2: <laughs> it's really hard today, you know, to be a musician. And I'm pretty pretty sure Siobhan deals the same stuff as I do. You know, when people want to book you, they expect a lot for a very small amount of money, you know, and we all paid our dues and put a lot of work in into what we do and studied all those hours practicing, you know, we all have degrees and
1: Yeah, but my nephew plays guitar, so I could just get him to come in for like, you know, fifty bucks and like a ham sandwich. So. Well, and I saw someone is- last week.
0: They were playing. They were playing cello in the park, and that guy only wanted a hundred dollars <laughs> for three hours. So, like, why would I not hire that dude? They, you both played cello.
2: Well, I mean, you can. You know, I mean, you basically <laughs> get. What do you pay for?
0: The cheap comes out expensive, as Marilyn Million from the People's Court always says. <laughs> it's totally true.
2: I don't know, Siobhan, How do you feel about it? I'm. I'm pretty sure you. You have experiences.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean,
2: this part it's- of business.
3: It's 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 like a massive conversation. And as Corey referenced, I mean, it's and you know this, I mean, you're constantly dealing with trying to explain to people and educate them on what is going into what they're buying, because, you know, it's musicians aren't widgets, right? It's not like you just go and you you go to Target to buy an iPod or something, and they are all presumably the same. Right. But musicians are different. You're dealing with people that have different levels of training, different skills, for example, you with your company, it's like, you know, somebody wants Bollywood music. Okay. But there's no Bollywood arrangements for string trio or a trio with piano, you know, so that's going to take somebody that has the skill to do that. That's going to do it in a refined way, or just the fact that, you know, somebody that can do that. So that in itself is an asset, you know, and it's, it's a lot of time. It's really hard to explain to people that You know, this is of immense value because if it weren't, then go ahead and do it yourself. There
1: should be a movement that we need to, if it's not already started, we need to start it of just awareness. We need to like rent like some like ad time, you you know,
2: that movement.
1: uh, Hashtag musicians too or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I call it a bowel movement.
0: I want to tell you a metaphor about what the music industry is right now. So today Siobhan and I had a very wonderful conversation about how she needs to brand herself better. And Susanna, (laughs) like you as well. Was it a lecture? (laughs) Well, well, it was a lecture because let me tell you what happened the other night. So Paul Lorenzo, the drummer from Lost Symphony, our band that we're all in, he and I are are lamenting that nobody cares about first off anything in landscape format. So you can't even watch anything in 16 by nine anymore. You got to watch it in this portrait, real format. That's literally just the phone cut out. And Paul's like, nobody cares about my music. Nobody cares about my drumming. And I'm like, but you're funny. He's like, who cares? I'm like, but if you tell people that you're funny, you show them that, it'll draw them to your music. And he seemed very depressed. So I said, watch this. I pointed my phone in his face. I said, Paul Lorenzo, drummer from Los Symphony, do you have any advice for anybody? And he goes, no. Take that, cut it up, put it on the internet immediately. By the time we were done recording drums, he had 1,400 hits, which is more than the people that have seen him this entire year perform we're content creators that's what we are we create content and our secondary thing is being a musician so if Siobhan wants to have people listen to her music and pay more for her as a gig they need to see her in their stories ahead of time doing cool things with social proof and then they'll be like I don't mind spending that extra money on her I saw her in my story and she seems like she's smart
3: well yeah I mean it's it's about branding I mean it's like you know you know that when you go to Louis Vuitton that that's the product and that's the cost and you have to be prepared to pay that. You're not going to go and be like, oh, yes, but there is also a canvas bag at Sears that's $25. So how about you give it to me for 25 Like, no, that's just not what it is. Right. But, you know, also on top of that, the onus is also that you have to establish that brand, which I agree with. You know, it's like, you know, you do kind of have to do some of that upfront work of like making it very obvious that this is who I am. This is what I'm worth. This is what I can do. And, and sometimes that's harder to do because a lot of people are just so disconnected from the music industry. That they just don't get that value.
0: What's right. the number three of the list I gave you today for yourself? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think you forgot what number three was, but you said, no, that one you forgot it. You forgot. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so, so what's yeah, number three? Ben, Ben's, Ben's list of things that I had to work on this year was, Number one is self-love. Number two is self-confidence. <laughs> <What>? Number number, <laughs> number three is accepting oh, that one and two are true. Okay, so hold on with, with the
0: Louis Vuitton reference. So when you walk into Louis Vuitton, you don't expect to buy a Louis Vuitton trunk for $40 because it has Louis Vuitton on it because you believe that even if it's not high quality, that it's Louis Vuitton and therefore it's worth it. That's number three on your list is walking into Siobhan's house and knowing that you are the Louis Vuitton, and that if someone were to take you out, that they should know the value, and that no one ever questions, because that's what your problem is. People want to beat you down because they don't know your value, and what I'm telling you is your brand is projecting your value, so they already know what you're worth before they even talk to you.
2: Yeah, but see, like, when you say, okay, so, because people, they don't know your values, like, if they look at Chauvin's videos of her skills, you know, like, that, to me, should be Knowing the value, you know what I mean?
3: I agree. I I mean, I agree. But that's
2: what what frustrates me.
3: Yeah. No, and I'm sure you should talk more about that because like I, yeah, I think it's something we all struggle with because even, but even having a presence on social media, sometimes I'm surprised. I think a lot of people just don't even pay attention or they don't even look, you know, they just don't even know. They're just like, oh, here's somebody who's got violin in her name and she's located in the place that I'm looking for a violinist. And so they just assume like whatever. You know, but they're not looking to see what what my profile is or what my background is. And, you know, maybe they don't care. I don't know.
0: But that's, well, that's, hold on. that's real time feedback. That's finding out that literally nobody gives a fuck. You're right. Nobody cares about you. So if Paul's sitting there making a funny wittyism or sh- sharing a picture of his cat, all of a sudden it gets likes. So what I realized is if you want people to listen to your music and care about you, you just have to make all this completely superfluous entertainment for people about cats and dogs and life that they can all laugh about and then all of a sudden you'll get subscribers and then they'll actually watch what's important to you
1: and then you get sucked into just being a content creator and and lose all semblance of whatever your initial dream was and you get sucked into the algorithm and your life becomes a meaningless loop of dopamine hits and likes right Mm.
3: (laughs) Well, anyway, come, I mean, no, but before we get to derail, I mean, coming back to Z because we can't assume that everybody has watched our podcast before. so we've got we've got Z, who is my bandmate in star set, and we we're talking about the fact that she runs a business and does a lot of these other amazing things, plays with the Raiders house band. but let I mean, let's come back and talk about like your your business and how you what made you decide to start it and how you've gone about starting it and maybe, I mean, maybe so us or anyone that's listening can learn about what that's like and some of the things that you go through. I mean, like we were talking, you know, what started this is that recently you had some requests for Bollywood music, which is not your typical wedding request, you know. And so that Mm -hmm. involved you asking me to write some arrangements and having to negotiate with the people hiring you, like how to make this work. So,
2: I mean, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about your business. The reason why I really started this was uh, to have something for future because I feel like uh, I'm not going to be always touring and traveling. You know, we will get to the age where it's going to get harder and harder. But having business like this, it's, you know, you can run this business and be 100. (laughs) Even though, you know, you you don't attend these weddings as a player, you know, you can you still have musicians you can send to these weddings and you can still you know, laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay, so you brought up a good point because I mean, I DJ, right. And mm-hmm. I always joke around about how people, I, I do the neurotic guitars, the neurotic guitars.com. And I have all these crazy guitars. And one of the first questions is, are you rich? And the answer is no, but I DJ. So like, you know, it's like, what band are you in? It's like, doesn't matter that I'm in lost symphony. We play with Marty Friedman and Jeff Loomis and satchel and Ollie Herbert. That's not the reason I have all these guitars. It's because I do weddings because that's something that that's a commodity. That's what people need. So even though you're in star set, a band with billions with the B streams, you're thinking about how, when you get older, you can automate it that you can get your other Jedi string players to do this because there's a demand. So it's crazy because when I'm doing my DJing thing, I can make more money doing that than a lot of my friends who are playing huge festivals. And it's a much more sustainable business, and that's crazy that that I can go and press play and put on Earth, Wind, and Fire and have people give me more money than some of my friends going and playing in front of forty thousand people in Stockholm. Like, do you want to speak to that as somebody who's doing the wedding industry while being in star set?
2: I mean, I I see what you're saying, but um, when it comes to my business, I feel like people are always going to get married. I you know I'm located in Vegas and. There is never. I mean, there's always people coming to get married in Vegas, no matter if it's if it's summer, if it's winter, you know. And um, so, so yeah, that was another thing that I kept in my mind, you know, that that, I mean, that's people never gonna stop getting
1: it's married. Fu- you know? It's future proof. And yeah, it's future proof.
3: Exactly. Yeah, it's a constant industry for sure.
2: Yeah, and I remember, um, you know, my gosh, I started like. Four or five years ago, this company, I mean, the first year, I had no idea what I was doing, you know, and <laughs> and I had to learn to be firm with putting my foot down with what I need, you know, in order to provide them with excellent service. And um, because, you know, people will use you. You have to yeah. be very, very upfront about what it costs. And it's like, sometimes it's very hard, you know, because you know that they're paying a lot of money for cake. They're paying a lot of money Mm -hmm. for flowers. And it is frustrating sometimes, you know, to feel like the musicians are basically on the bottom of the list.
0: I just want to say this, that I lost one of my friends for 25 years of my life because Mm -hmm. I was trying to help him by DJing his wedding. And he wanted to spend $500, which you probably know is the... I charge way more than that. And I was like, dude, come on, at least give me like a thousand. That's like the lowest friend price I would have ever done. Like I'm a, I'm a high tier DJ. And he kept talking to me about how he needed to get imported beer for all his friends. And he was paying for the beer out of his pocket. And I'm like, dude, first off, he was Jewish and had very specific things that he wanted that like only other Jews would know. And I'm like, you're just going to hire a jamoke for $150 and be like, yeah, I hope you know how to say like, you know. Uh, all, all, you know, all the order of what Jews do, because like we're very specific people. But like he actually accused me of trying to poach him and shake him down for money by being like, I'm worth a thousand dollars. And his whole family, like who I've known since I was a child, was like, oh, yeah, no, he was just trying to like screw Josh out of money. When I'm like, I'm trying to save your wedding. He literally said to me, well, I could just put on an iPod. He has people coming from around the world. It's like, you're going to have people coming from around the world, go to someone's backyard. And you're going to be like, Hey man, thanks for coming. Here's my Dave Matthews band remix. Yeah.
1: But the thing is he totally could do that. And it would just be it's no longer you know a an interactive event that people are going to remember you know like exactly. like that it's a different experience it, there's listen you can totally hire your nephew to play guitar in the corner of your party and and you know you just just be, hey good job buddy like that's great but no one's going to be talking about that you know like like the the pe- entertainers at weddings and and events and corporate events and all those things they have so much to do with the atmosphere that uh you know people not, they might not remember every detail of it, but they're going to remember the quality of of what was going on. I know. Whenever I'm doing corporate or or like wedding events, and half the time we are off to the side, you know, completely, you know, isolated from the actual activity that's going on, and it's like, oh, no one even cares we're here, you know, whatever, just doing this, you know, paid practice kind of gig, and you know, we always do our best and everything. And then on the way out, I'll have. 15 20 people come over like you guys were phenomenal like we were we were in the back corner we were listening the whole time like had <laughs> such like we're, and then they'll go we talked to if it's a corporate we talk to the the planner they're going <coughs> to have you back for the next one and and like and it's like Amazing. oh it's like oh wait, people actually cared that we were here if it was just a radio playing you know those people might've left earlier, you know, or they might, they might not have like, it might've just been, oh, it was a crappy work party. We just had some free drinks at the open bar and left. But like, you don't realize how important it is to have the quality. If you're trying to put on a quality event, you can't skimp on something as important as the entertainment mm-hmm. like that and expect all the money you're spending on everything else to be, you know, carry that over for the entertainment mm-hmm. of everyone.
2: And absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, sometimes you get brides that, um, you know, you you tell them your price for whatever they want and that's it. You know, they don't even blink. But then you have, you know, you have brides or grooms or whatever clients who, you know, just wants all kinds of discounts, you know, for a lot mm-hmm. of work. And I agree. When you have a life um entertainment and you know like for example like when we have a string quartet at at the wedding you know and then i see that on the reviews when when i get the reviews from from my events you know and everybody i mean literally everybody is talking about like the atmosphere and how magical it was to have a strings you know at at the wedding and and the girls look so nice and sounded beautiful and you know it's just can i tell you what
0: sucks Cause I'm friends with you and Siobhan and I do weddings all the time and I'm around string quartets and I'm just like, Oh, your intonation sucks. <laughs> like I hear them, like all the ho- everything sounds wrong. Cause first off, Corey, like, I used to think I was in tune and I played in time. And then Corey like used to show me, that's not in tune. That's not in time. You have to do it again. And to the point where now I'm, I just record everything to a DI. So I'm like, fix it. It's a clean signal. If it, it's it, let, just make it fake. Cause I just I suck so much, but now that I've learned to hear how much I suck, I hear how much everyone else sucks. And when Siobhan's like, I, I haven't practiced this, but then she's playing like Paganini perfectly at 275 BPM. Or I listen. <laughs> the to, number, or I listen to you. Or I'm, like, I'm going through my stories again. I'm going through my stories. I'm drinking my coffee on the toilet, and I'm like, oh wow, look at. Look at Z just murdering it on the cello. And then the next one's Marco. Murdering Z Ben is watching
3: him. you while he's on the toilet. Let's just That's where everyone to watches that.
0: you. Listen. And drinking coffee reali- while on <laughs> the
1: toilet, which is an interesting you combination. Reali-
3: well, that's
0: how I go. I but, listen, <laughs> but don't you realize that's how everyone consumes their information? If you can't be consumed on your iPhone in the bathroom while you're drinking your coffee on your two second break at work, no one cares. If you can grab their attention, then. That's how you know. So when she's playing, like, I don't know, like the theme to whatever, it's like beautiful. I'm commenting on it. That's even though I'm friends with Z, even though I know she's amazing. I've seen her play every time. It reminds me, oh, she's so good. (laughs) That's And they're so bad. That's what I'm getting at. Everyone else sounds like shit compared to you guys. Because now I've heard what good sounds like. It's like when you listen to speakers. And you're like, that sounds good in your car stereo. And then you go over to your billionaire friend's house. He's like, listen to this. And blows you away like back to the future. That's what it's like. You hear like a string quartet. You're like, oh, cool. They sound pretty cool. And then you hear you girls. It's like, I have video of you girls with Marco doing the middle section of the new Lost Symphony song. And I'll play it for like my mom. And I'm like, aren't you proud of me? I had something to Aww. do with this. Like, literally, <laughs> that's the most proud I've ever been. Shota Nakama, who came on this, the show, who did the all the soundtrack for Final Fantasy, he was standing there while you girls were performing. And I was just looking at him, like... <laughs>
3: I think my favorite a moment from this entire experience was like on a level of one to 10, what was your rating of the chaos of this experience? And he was like about a nine.
1: <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Oh, boy. Well, that's, you know, that's what Lost Symphony is is by far. It's a the, nine out of 10. Is on it the nine, chaos it's it's like, organized chaos.
3: It's 11. More
1: <laughs> emphasis on the chaos with a s- slight bit of organization, which is the only reason we have ever actually released anything. But the chaos is definitely the primary um, function of that band.
0: Did we tell Z we have a new album she needs to play on?
1: Uh, What?
0: What? All the new songs. We're going to have to record more stuff. Marco's already on it. Yeah. So while you guys were doing other things like playing for the Raiders and, you know, touring with Starset, I was recording songs with Paul Lorenzo, our drummer, and I decided that our new song that's so grandiose might be complex for people to digest. So then I wrote a bunch of badass metal, sent it to Corey. He affirmed that it wasn't that bad. And then Siobhan's hey. like, this stuff's pretty cool. So I said, you know what? Let's put some strings on this too. And Marco, because she's my real life friend, still put strings on everything because here's the great thing about her. She could be playing with Adele and the whole time she's thinking, I hope somebody calls me and asks me to play on a death metal song. <laughs> dude, her fucking slides and glissandos. Dude, no one glissandos like Marco. <laughs>
3: You you have a special talent for talking about people that aren't on this podcast right now.
1: <laughs> Just throwbacks to previous awesome episodes. Fair, you guys can go enough, check out. Fair
3: enough.
2: I think Mariko went home. I think she went What's home that? to see her dad. I think she went to Japan for like oh. a week or something. Yeah. Oh okay. Oh. Yeah. So okay. Adele is uh, is on a break until I think like the twenty first, and I think it goes back yeah. to every weekend until. End of March, I think.
1: I've never had much of a desire to go to Vegas. No offense. Um, I'm not a gambler and like, I don't like spending a ton of money on like- Hey,
2: you've never, you've never been? I've
1: never been.
3: Wow. you got to come visit you me. you got to go once.
1: Absolutely. I, I was going to say, I would love to see the shows, I think. I think that would be really cool and obviously to hang out with you guys. Um, so we am going to have to add that to the list. Um, one thing uh, in terms of having a business like that, an entertainment company in an area like Vegas or even Miami, like which are you know pretty big destinations. There's a lot of money, there's a lot of events and stuff going on. And Siobhan, you also kind of dip into the Keys a bit, which is another world, you know, world famous destination. I also, you know, since I work in the same industry doing weddings and and corporate events and stuff like that, but I'm in Boston, which is you know, it's 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 nice, but it's not like this destination. So I feel like the pool of you know talent and the competition here is probably a lot different than what you're dealing with where you guys are. Can you talk a little bit about? Uh, breaking in to to the industry and in the and that area of performing and how difficult it is to establish yourself and and what that looked like
2: when i uh moved to vegas uh it took me about 6 months to get in because, you know you move here nobody knows who you are so um so i basically um send out uh, audition tapes and um, you know, basically knocked on the doors and I started to be called as a sup, uh, like for example, with David's band, um, uh, with pop strings. Um, I was just called for the subs a few times and then uh, there was an opening for a cellist um, and I basically, basically got in. So in this band, there's two cellists. There's two first violinists, two second violinists, two violists, and two cellists. So six string players. Um the good advantage for me was that I was a female and a string player and people are always yes, yes. <laughs> people are always looking for female string players in Vegas. I mean, it's it's great for us, but I know a lot of male cellists who are incredible and you know, they don't work as much as us because, you know, they're guys.
0: Boring. Ah, (laughs) Um,
2: No, but, but yeah, it took me about six months and um, yeah. And then I sent my audition tapes for, uh, you know, Bella, Bella Electric Strings and um, the same owner, Nina De Gregorio also had a Femmes of Rock band, which is, I don't know if I ever mentioned that to you guys, but it's basically uh, the repertoire is all classic rock. And basically there's a four female string players in front of the band and um we play all classic rock medleys. Um, and um so the original four girls is all violin players but sometimes when you know people get busy then she started to started to hire in cellists. Um and mm. so I was I was one of their cellists to play, you know, whatever, Hotel California. So guitar <laughs> hits solos, you know and and whatever it was uh, like a lot of fun and um so that was another band that i got into um i don't play as much with them anymore because i'm touring with star set so you know the schedule yeah. is very busy and um, you know it
1: right what about from. in terms of your own your own company and like kind of you know obviously you you know you're great at what you do so you, you got into those gigs and and you're killing it with them but then to have to then go and and then you know, those were established acts to then go on your own and say, hey, hire me, please. What was that like?
2: Yes. So at first it was just my name. Um, and I was like, okay, I got to have a website and like try to, you know, get gigs. So um, so I just built a website and um, I built a profile on, I think it was a gig master. I don't know if it's still around, gigmaster.com. Yeah, yeah. Or- a
3: lot of those. I'm, I'm listed on a lot of those too. So that, I think that's a huge like entry point for yeah i don't know if you know geek salad Mm -hmm.
2: that's another company so i was on that and eventually i i got hired to play wedding ceremonies for different companies you know like Mm -hmm. they needed a cellist for a string trio um or string duo and i kind of like the business i like you know the way how um I just like the events, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe this would be good for me to have like my own and then kind of have like my own idea of how I want to run my business, you know, how I want it to look because there were like few things that I didn't like, you know, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that, way, you know, like what, Um, like charts, for example, charts were like all over the place, you know, they were like literally not even for string players, you know. Or mm-hmm. you get a chart with like chords, guitar chords, you know, and then like just figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the way how um, the other players were dressed. You know what I mean? Like it was not like classy enough for me. Or and I'm not trying to. I'm yeah. like I'm not trying to be like rude about it. You know, I just I had no. like my own own picture in my head how I would like that to look. You know.
3: But that, com- that comes back to the branding. I mean, you're, you're totally right. And this is like, you know, to to highlight that you get what you pay for. Like it's it was the same for me, you know, like I would show up to gigs and if it was a low paying gig for a wedding, the person would be flying in because they just came in from some other gig and they're rushing and they've got a million sheets of paper. And you're right. It's like, here's a piano chart. And we're just going to read it. And it always ends up sounding terrible. It doesn't work. Everyone's frantic. It's not well rehearsed, you know, and people know that like if something is wrong, it looks chaotic, it sounds chaotic, you know, Mm -hmm. but then it's like there's a disconnect between like, well, why did that happen? It's like, well, because, you know, that's what you paid for. And people only put in as much work as they're going to for that for that price.
0: Well, that's really important because that's something that I because I'm not a cheap DJ when I DJ and people will be like, why are you so expensive? And I always say, because I'm worth it
1: because people are willing to pay. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. well because people,
0: well yeah, that's the what's the difference between a $1000 yeah. violinist and a $10,000 violinist? The $10,000 violinist asks for it and they get better gigs. <laughs> it's like <laughs> But well that's the truth, so that's what I was about yeah. to get at because I find all the gigs that are cheap and people beat me down that little bit. Those people make you work harder and they're the ones that ask for their money back versus the people that are like really easygoing and that's why I've always put myself as a premium service and said that to people because I say listen, if you're hiring me, you already know that I'm good at what I do. What I also am good at is making things easy for you and communicating. You know what I mean? It's not like I can't just build your bathroom. I'll let you know how long it's going to take and actually show up when I say I'm going to. And like and that's a huge thing for people. And like what you're so, what you're saying is guess what? All the gigs that you do, like I I started doing high-end weddings and I always thought to myself, I would not be allowed here if I wasn't playing here. Like, nobody would ever have my band play the Four Seasons in Boston. Meanwhile, I'm, like, going in there, and, like, they have my Evian water ready, and they're like, is everything okay? Do you want us to valet your car? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love this. And what, what what are you here for? I'm the DJ. Oh, you're the DJ? And everyone always hooks you up. You could be talking to the doorman. Hey, how come you're here? Bro, I'm just DJing. And they take your car. It doesn't even matter.
1: That's their job. They're valet drivers, Ben.
0: <laughs> yeah, but when you say you're the DJ, it's like you don't even have to pay
1: them. They're like, "Sir, we have to take everyone's car. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're just doing our job."
1: It's it's just cool to see what you guys are doing, like you know, at that that premium level and having that integrity in in those locations. Um, mm-hmm. Siobhan, when you were doing the stuff in Miami, like what was that like? What, did you do the same thing? Did you, did you join in with other? like projects and and groups. And is that how you kind of establish yourself to the point now where you're, you know, booking out other people?
3: Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was like being hired by other companies. I mean, obviously I came here and I really didn't know that many people and, you know, I was in the classical scene. So I guess that's kind of how I met, you know, I got into certain ensembles like the ballet or the symphony. And so that's how I kind of met other string players. And then inevitably, you know, I mean, I don't know about Vegas per se, but Miami is an interesting scene in the sense that there is an overabundance of events and concerts and things and not an overly saturated market. Like if you think of New York or LA, where it's like the best of the best, there's they're everywhere in every block. Right. You know, so here it was like at the time that I moved, there wasn't, there were a lot of people looking for entertainment or for people to play, but not really a lot of super strong people. So if you Mm. were like one of the violinists that could play like in tune and in rhythm, you were like (laughs) already kind of like one of the top picks, you know, and then if you could dress well and you could be professional and I mean, it sounds really silly, but that was like kind of a hard thing to find here at the time.
1: I've noticed the biggest thing and I think it's a universal truth that we've touched on before, but I think it's important to say is if you're cool, it goes so far. Because I've I've done a lot of gigs where the you know the event coordinator or the planner will come over and they're out of their mind they're stressed out it's the day of the and there's and then like oh we, we need to push back dinner can you play for another like twenty minutes well yeah whatever that's fine and like that kind of thing goes so far in terms of us getting repeat bookings at like nice venues uh, then. I guess a lot of people, and I, I know this is probably like the older groups that I, I see that are just so, they've been doing this too long and aren't able to find joy in it anymore. And I think they treat people kind of shitty. Just over it. <laughs> yeah, and they, and I, but I think they take it out on like, you know, if you're doing events the everyone else the vendors they're on your team like you know so he's like you should be cool with everyone that's like you know
3: behind the well, scenes there's
0: there. the opposite of that too because we're in boston so there's a lot of <clears throat> berkeley kids that get right out of school and they join these bands that get paid 10 or fifteen thousand dollars. and like i've seen these people and they're like entitled and they're just a bunch of assholes that show up and they're entitled they gotta, they gotta
1: pay off that berkeley debt man <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and but they yeah. think that they're entitled <laughs> to do all this stuff because they're better than everyone and it's like bro don't tell me until you play gigs for literally nobody for 10 weeks straight and you still show up. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's, here's the crazy part. No one comes into your bar and yet it took you an hour to find parking. Explain that.
1: You know, I, I'm not on the side of booking the events and hiring musicians and stuff, but mm-hmm. the things that you have to keep in mind and the ways to stay top of mind like that, um, it, it it goes a long way just to be respectful and have the quality of talent it's almost Mm -hmm. it's almost too easy if you just actually consider those things
2: right but you know there's there's like a thin line between having people to use you and be nice for you know be nice to them for what they're asking you to do you know like when you mentioned, like you know, sometimes like you guys are going, you're on the way to the gig, and 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 your your singer calls you, like, oh, I just heard the song, you know, we're just listening to it, we are gonna play it, you know, it's a little, it's a little <laughs> different, you know, but uh, but these ensembles, you know,
1: I should I should specify, we're a four piece or five piece band, like you know, drums. Bass guitars. Yeah. And vocals. I have a lot
2: of respect for that, that you can, I guess, yeah. can just listen to the song and then just kill it, you know?
1: Yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about like, you know, all the intricacies of a, a string. So it's a, it's a little bit of like apples and oranges, but more so it's, it's, I was trying to explain like the way we look at the gigs. Like I would never like, right, I've, played, I've played with other yeah. bands where like, if I was like, hey, like, let's try a new song, they're like, what? We haven't like rehearsed that and I need to know the da da da. I guess I'm just used to like, we have a, to- we have in ears and a talk back mic and we'll be in the middle of a song and a single we'll walk back to the talk back bike like guys let's uh let's go into this other song but i'm gonna i don't usually do it in this key we're gonna and we used, this is while we're playing the, the previous song he's like we're gonna try this uh like a step and a half up like and uh and three two one <laughs> and, like we're in my it, favorite <laughs>
0: ever Corey and i were doing a wedding and he was playing guitar and i started playing Bell cannon twice double speed and he's supposed <laughs> to it did- 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 i don't know what i was thinking i think i was wicked baked or something i don't know
1: and Corey was like this is a ceremony hey. They're walking Newport, down the aisle.
0: Newport, Rhode Island. Like, this is his is this high state. Like, you say destination. Like, people are like, oh, what's the most beautiful place in the United States? Let's go to Newport. Like, that's literally like. Yeah, we're at a yacht club. Right. And Corey gets all ma- mad at me. He's like, dude, I can't even believe that you did that. I'm like, they don't fucking care. He's like, dude, but I care. I'm like, they don't care. And you want to know what they did? They tipped us, they thanked us, and gave us a five star review.
2: Because you guys were cool.
0: The reason yeah.
1: the re- uh, He
2: played it, it like Ingbe malmsteen It was da- da- da-
0: it da- was da- da- literally
1: it was like it was too way too fast. Uh, and then when I was <laughs> like, I'm like I'm like, hey, you're playing too fast, you just stopped and then started over again. So that was <laughs> super professional. Um anyways I mean,
2: it, happen- it happens. They were filming us.
1: What it comes down to is no one cared because then we went and you did the DJ thing. Everyone had a great time by the end of the night. As long as the last song kills, no one gives a shit about anything else. That's what's a hundred percent
0: true. <laughs> we always film the last song and I, I always make them like, I'm like, Hey man, we're doing it for faith.
2: And, we go, ah!
0: and then if anyone's like that night sucked, I'm like, yeah. I just send them the song
1: Dropbox, And I'm like, really? So on, on the note of Ben, Absolutely ruining someone's wedding uh z like do you have any do you have any cool uh like stories from events like that maybe not ruining a wedding but anything unique that's happened or that you've had to like deal with last minute
2: so actually um few weeks ago uh we uh we had a gig for david it was for um i think it was for a nevada college they had like a award night awards night and um we had like a four specific songs it it was like a gala with dancers and you know singers and so we our band played um a song i can't remember the song uh but it was with one of the one of the singers from the college and so we had a sound check and it was actually in a completely different key and we all have charts right (laughs) <laughs> and yep yeah. and so the professor of the the student like it was the best best students were performing you know at that gala and like one of the singers was performing one of the students and the song just did not sit well with her voice and and her professor was like what was this i can't remember the key and so we had to like drop the key like on the spot and like we killed it i mean we had to drop the key like we killed yeah. we, we dropped the key like the whole step down if we would be yeah. doing it like a half step or like you know step and a half it would be harder to read and the chart <laughs> like what happens really, in star set <laughs> yeah exactly and you know how i feel Wait, about w- that but you know um it wasn't like a super hard chart so so we had to do it like and oh. it was
3: i mean it,
1: so what app- what happened it. star set
3: Oh, just, you know, whenever we're doing acoustic things, a lot of times, like especially on these acoustic tours, we'll, you know, try and throw together an arrangement of one of the live songs. And if it's not feeling good in that key, it's like, all right, well, you know, we'll we'll play through and then all, you know, Z and I will do our charts, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, let's try it a half step down. Or let's do it a whole step down. Right. Oh, let's go back up the other step. And of course, you know, with the guitar, it's like, all right, slide the capo, you know, but then <laughs> right, darling exactly. is over in the corner, sweating bullets, like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm like, pulling up the chart. So let
2: me look at the chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Siobhan is actually, she's really good with that. She's quick. But I remember my first times with Starset, uh, my very first tour, this was happening a lot and like on the spot. And I was stressing. And um I got better over the years. Uh and Dustin is getting better with that too. Like we will practice it a few times and then we'll perform it, you know, in a different key. But it used to happen like on the spot, like during the VIP's like, Oh, I want to drop this, half step down, or you know, step and yeah. a half down, like these weird keys, you know. Yeah,
0: but come on, <laughs> give it back to Dustin because Dustin knows that like Ron can fix the bus. Dustin knows <laughs> that Siobhan can play piano. That's
3: your favorite thing Dustin, know. Dustin
0: knows that Brock can build a fucking desk. So, like, if he's like, hey, man, can you play the song in real time a step and a half lower? How could you not expect that huge, big brain, sexy ass dude to not expect you guys immediately, immediately to not well, be a, a better? Like, I, because I, here you know what? She's not on the show, but I don't think Mariko would complain. Oh, my God. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm so fucking kidding
1: is there is there a program or an app that you can you can chart into that record like you know like speech not like you know how you can draw to text but it would do that with music notes that you could then like transpose or do anything like that does that does that exist
2: i think dialing can can you do like when you play something on a keyboard and it like as dusty would say spits out the chart
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you could like, I mean, even when we do it in Sibelius, you, I mean, you have to go into the program and just like transpose it. Like, oh, you mean just like transport, like, okay, let's yeah put this, like yeah. half step down. But not, I mean, no, if you were in a situation, like when we're in a situation, it's like we've just played through the song and then 10 seconds later, it's like, let's try to half step down. There's no time right. to do anything. I, remember the- yeah. I have manifest in like four different
2: keys, <laughs> literally four different keys.
0: No, I'm, and by the way, I'm just joking about the whole Dustin thing, because you, you guys are so talented that really, like, when you say that, like, but again, I know in my head, because like, I learned very quickly when Siobhan came the first time to do Lost Symphony, I could be like, just write a Harmony. And she'd do it right. If she didn't do it right by like the second time, I was surprised. Like, and that's the thing. I think, don't you think that being thrown to the fire has helped you get better? Because I feel like, I, I mean, Siobhan, since the first day I met her and now, like, she's it's amazing. Oh, absolutely.
2: Like- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I would like, for example, we were talking about Sibelius, right? I've never had to transcribe anything and like write it down. Like I always like would just like listen and play. But when I joined the Star Set, they already had, they had three albums. They had two albums that were already out. And my first tour was uh, The Visions, which was their third album. And so the first two albums, Mariko wrote all the charts, like she transcribed all the charts for me. Um, And so I had to like kind of memorize all of them. And then the the third album, Divisions, I had to write them because she was already out. Mm -hmm. So I had to like transcribe that stuff and like write it down because it was just like so much to learn that I needed to write it down, you know, because there was so much memorization that that had to be done in like two months. So that's how I started to write star- stuff in Sibelius. and like your your ears definitely get better because oh, you're yeah. like forced to listen. Even though you get you get stems, you get string stems from Star Set, but they're not separate. They're like not separate cello stems or violin stems. Yeah, and, they're, and they're also
1: probably played on a MIDI keyboard. And <laughs> they're, they're
2: like, with, no, like they're that are like mixed with no that note doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're like mixed with uh, with MIDI. There's always like a MIDI yeah. on the on you know on the bottom. So it's kind of hard to like, you know, um, hear those yeah. parts, you know, like separated. for
1: the uh, for, for people listening real quick. I just want the the program you're talking about. Can you just explain that real quick for anyone that's not familiar? Is, the, is it Sibelius? Uh,
3: I think darling, would be better at yeah. really explaining. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, it's so Sibelius. It's like a notation. So you might have heard of Finale, but Sibelius is an avid product. So. Um, You know, you can basically music notation, orchestral scores or just single line scores and you can record like using the MIDI keyboard or you can notate it with the computer. So, yeah, basically, that's when we go through, you know, like, for example, when I get the star set stems, I'll I'll usually, you know, pull everything into my DAW and listen through everything and then. Notate it and then export the MIDI into Sibelius so I can get the actual notation. So I could have like a PDF chart, you know, to pull up on a set list or something. Mm-hmm. So, cool.
2: so you're like more advanced with that. Like I still, still just write everything, listen and writing. You know, what I mean, like I don't play like on a keyboard and then, you know, through the Sibelius.
3: Yeah well it depends like so even coming back to your company like when i do arrangements for for her you know if it's i'm i had to do a bunch of bollywood arrangements for this gig that she had so i'll pull that by the way by the way
2: it was a great success good yeah great they were success. literally asking me if we have a cd like with our recordings <laughs> wow like, how, how like, old are, little are little they quiet. i'm like mm. so yeah the 85 so that's year old I-
0: can i
3: buy a cd <laughs> do you have cds i will say though but bo- i mean like bollywood music here yeah no but i've never i mean and i've had to arrange things before and i don't know if you've ever had to do this z but like bollywood music i've never had to actually adapt it to like classical instruments like string yeah. quartet and a lot of it's super rhythmic and kind of like different like rhythmic subdivisions. so it was I, a didn't wanna, I didn't want to i
1: didn't want to derail the conversation too much but uh i gotta ask like how the hell do you arrange bollywood music is that something (laughs) you've done before like that's that's like oh siobhan just arranged some bollywood you know like it's like that where did that come from
3: no i'm sure sure it was
2: definitely challenge i mean to to pick the the lines from the song to make a point of the song that 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 was challenging i'm sure siobhan it was challenging i'm sure it was challenging for you to write it transcribed it and it was definitely challenging for us to like it's not something that you can just come in and side read like yeah we had to get together and go over those charts
3: yeah well so this i mean it was a necessity so i I remember we were on the acoustic tour and 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 z got a request for a gig and she's like oh well they you know they want and i had done a few arrangements for her before because you know this happens you somebody wants a, a certain ensemble and then they want a certain piece played for the ceremony or a cocktail hour and it doesn't Maybe it exists online, but it's a bad arrangement. It's for the wrong instrumentation. So, you know, you have to then go back to the client and say, okay, well, if you want this and you want it for this ensemble, we have to do a special arrangement, you know, and then you need somebody that knows how to arrange it. So this client that she had wanted Bollywood music. And, you know, she asked me, oh, would you be up for this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course. You know, I mean, it's it, it's got to come from the same skill set. But I mean, it was... It was difficult because you think of like, okay, you got a pop song or a rock song and you've got your intro, you've got a verse and like chorus. And then there's like some repetition, but a lot of the Bollywood music, even if it's more pop, like contemporary, there's a lot of variation and it's super rhythmic. And if you don't have a cajon or a drum set or something, you have to figure out like, how can you adapt those rhythmic elements to these melodic instruments? So it it was, Mm -hmm. it was tricky.
0: Well that's hilarious that you say that because I remember one time Corey and I were supposed to do like a wedding ceremony and they asked us if we could do the true romance theme uh, I, I'm like it's on like that I, it's a marimba and like a drum is like <laughs> what the theme is to that song I'm like we're a pianist and a guitar player like do you want me to hit the side of the piano like and like I'm sure I could have arranged something <laughs> but like it's ama- Like, it's it's just amazing to me like to si- how much is that worth for your time because i mean like this, okay so this is
3: like this is part of the information gap though because it's like like even coming back to your brand for example some people will say like oh can you play i want this song to be played at my wedding ceremony but i want only a solo acoustic violinist and i have to come back and say like mm-hmm. i appreciate that this is what you want um i don't think that i would recommend doing that because first of all it's not going to sound the way you think it's going to sound and like it's just, uh, and I think it's it's not necessarily their fault. I mean, some people just don't understand that you can't take like a thick texture that has like harmonic elements and mm-hmm. put it on a solo acoustic instrument. And oh, by the way, it's outside. And oh, by the way, there's no amplification, you know? Yeah. So part of our job too, is to go back and say, listen, it's going to cost more to do it the right way, but this is how I would recommend you do it. You either arrange it for a bigger ensemble or you have some sort of backing tracks or like something. And you have to be like, this is really, really what you need take it or leave it.
2: And again, some people will take your advice and have like, "Okay, so do you think that maybe string trio would be better or what do you recommend string quartet? And some people will just stay stubborn and like, no, we just want a solo violinist or a solo (laughs) cellist. It will be fine.
3: No, but it's a damage to you, though. I mean, like, but I honestly believe that if you go back and then you do that, then you go, you play, you feel stupid because nobody can hear you. It doesn't sound the way it's supposed to. And then inevitably the people are going to think, well, this cellist or violinist doesn't know what they're doing because this they sounds silly right well,
0: so i have couples like sometimes call and, and i and one of the reasons i say that like look this is why people give me good reviews is because i try to save them from themselves because you're not expected to know this stuff <laughs>
3: let me well, save this- you from yourself <laughs> that should be the byline on your website saving you from yourself
0: <laughs> do you arrange string music oh you don't okay so like for example you know somebody said to me the other day like we want to do a 60s and 70s theme for our wedding i'm like okay my my fiance only wants 60s and 70s music how old are you 30 how old are your friends mostly 30 do they like to dance yeah it's not gonna work and they're like what, you, what you, it's a guy calling me and i'm like listen do you want to go back and 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 be the coolest dude to your to your fiance ever i'm like so what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to get everyone to come and have a great party and kick them out at the end of the night because they're like so so enthralled like they've gone across the country with their chicks and their dudes and like they put on their dress and their their suits and then they came and then they listened to a bunch of music that they didn't know. I'm like, because basically, do you want a 60-70s theme or do you want to look like it's 60-70s and then play Justin Bieber because that gets your friends going? I'm like, listen, I'll show up And be like Andy Kaufman, like reading the uh, the the Great Gatsby to you and the entire crowd until everybody just leaves systematically. Like I'll play Metallica, but I promise you, your grandma won't dance unless she's the coolest grandma ever. (laughs) Save them from themselves.
1: Great rant. There's a lesson somewhere buried in this in this episode. Um, And uh, as we come to an end, it's up to leave it to the professionals. Yeah, but I'm sure you don't. All all that craziness that you would never have to deal with, of course, if you hired Zuzana uh, and Las Vegas Music Oasis. So be sure to check her out. Um, this is part one. We're going to come back with part two, and we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper. Um, anything you want to tell people about? Any cool projects coming up, or any, anything you want to let people know about?
2: Starts at the European tour. Well,
1: hell yeah! <laughs> when does that kick off?
2: Uh, I think our first show is in. Is it in London? Around yeah, it's at the, we, at the end of February. Like yeah, were Yeah, so end of
3: February through the end of March, more or less. Yeah, it's right, uh, yeah.
2: actually it's only four weeks now because we don't go to Russia. So it's a short one. <laughs> obviously it's a
1: smart it's a smart decision smart move, guys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right guys check out 2020-d.com Co- like Corey, and subscribe do you not remember
0: do you not remember our sponsor lost symphony that we actually have a song that's going to come out at some point this year that not only features no, Z forgot down there, there, lost symphony but she has a solo
3: she has a solo <laughs> in, is in the song and is saving you from yourself Wh- Corey.
1: why don't we uh why don't we dive deep into that in part two uh, we'll talk a little bit about Lost Symphony and the new single that will be coming out uh You at some performed
0: point. in front of Ferraris and Lamborghinis. That's right.
2: That's how I do <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'll see you guys next week. Subscribe. Two
3: zero two zero dash D dot com. Like and subscribe.
1: Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode 111 featuring Miles Kennedy of Alter Bridge. Check it out. What I find is that when I become indecisive, the best thing to do is
0: to set it aside and get away from it. And sometimes it requires I to get away from it for a very long time and then go back and listen with fresh ears. And then you, it's, a lot of times it's very easy. So next time you're in that situation, maybe just step away from it and then come back and listen and go, and it'll, 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 the the universe will help guide you. Trust me. And, And it's
1: amazing how many times that's happened. It's been very beneficial. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly
0: of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the sound talent media
1: podcast network.